Hey, thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you, encourages you, and brings you closer to Jesus. Well, good morning. How y'all doing today? Doing well? I feel like I need a pipe and a smoking jacket. But honestly, um, today's a great day. We're starting a brand new series today called Christmas Classics. And there's just something about it that's peaceful. It makes you rest when you realize in a world of chaos that there's still some stable things. And we have. It's been mentioned several times. 2020 has been nuts. But when I think about Christmas and I think about this holiday, what it makes me really think about is the staples, the things that are firm, the foundations in my life. And there's never been a a more kind of classic Christmas story than the one we're going to kind of share today. Um, It was written in 1939. It was when uh, CEO of Montgomery Ward in Chicago um, commissioned one of their their artists to come up with a book. It was right after the Great Depression. Uh, Money was starting to filter back through society, and they wanted to write a book that would be a Christmas story for so many people to read. And so they went and talked to a guy by the name of Robert May. And Robert May decided to start writing and drawing. And it's interesting because he pitched the product with another, another person with him, another illustrator. And it was a comeback story. It was a comeback story about an underdog. Um, he, had some, he had some deformities or some things in his life. He maybe even would have been called handicapped or challenged. He had a red nose. And so in that, they brought it to the CEO of Montgomery Ward, And the guy said, you have to come up with something better. This is not going to work. It's never going to catch on. So the two of them went back to the drawing board and came back stronger and more determined to share the story. And so a few months after they were commissioned, they shared the story of uh, this red-nosed reindeer. Uh, A few years later, um, they were commissioning a person who happened to be Robert May's brother to write a song that would go along with this. Now, the the book had already sold 2 million copies. I I think it caught on pretty good, by the way. But they said, you know something, let's let's write a song that goes along with this. And they pitched the song and they they ran it around the block a couple times and they came up with a song that started out something like this. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Comet and Cupid and Donner But do you recall the greatest reindeer of all? That caught on too, didn't it? Gene Autry heard it. He was called the singing cowboy. And when Gene Autry heard it, he decided to record it. 25 million copies were sold in the first week. See, most people think it's a story really about a red-nosed reindeer, and we love that part of the story, but it's really about a story about a reindeer that was available, that he was waiting for his moment in time. He was waiting for the moment in time where he could shine. And it was that, 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 that night, that foggy night, that all of a sudden he realized that he was needed. I wonder at what stage of our lives do we realize that we're needed. I wonder at what stage of our lives do we realize that God wants to use us right where we're at. I wonder at what stage of our life we stop making excuses and start saying, yes, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. That's the story of today. 
It's not a story about a red-nosed reindeer. It's about a character from the Bible that all, just because of the word yes, all, but changed the world. I want to do something first, though. I'm going to pray. I want to pray that our hearts are open to everything God wants to speak to us today. And I want to pray not just that God would speak to us, that we would have the courage to move forward in the things that God has for us. Because just learning it and just having information without application, is useless. So today I want God to give us an inspiration that will change us and move us in the direction he wants us to have. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, it's in this moment. It's at this moment right here, God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would fill this room. We've been singing songs about who you are. We know who you are. You're our way maker. You're the great God. You're the, the Messiah. You're the Alpha and Omega. But you're also the one that has a planned destiny for me. You're also the one that's big in scope, global, but you're also very personal. And God, I pray that you would speak to us very personally today about how you want us to move, what you want us to do, and what you want us to be. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone in this room shouted, amen. Amen. So this morning I did something. Um, I, I'm not real proud of it, but I did it. I stole Mary. And so it's funny. Um, we've had several hundred people walk through here today, and you guys didn't even notice Mary miss, missing on a mantle. It took a little kid in the first service to walk up and literally said, Pastor Bobby, somebody stole Mary. And I said, shh. You know what's interesting? We can go through life sometimes and miss the most important things or some of the most important truths that are right in front of us if we don't slow down. And just like we can miss Jesus at Christmas time, I think we can miss the major characters at Christmas time also. The learning things that God wants us to kind of glean from, the things that God wants to speak to us through these characters. And today is Mary. And it's interesting to me, she's insignificant, you would think, in the story. It was just because one word, one word changed the scope of history. One thing that she said changed everything about it. What would happen if she would have said no? What would happen if she said, you need to choose somebody else? It would have been a whole different trajectory. The most unlikely became one of the most important. And so today, when we look at this manger scene, I'm going to look at Mary, and I want to kind of set the stage because I know a lot of us have come from different backgrounds and different church, you know, kind of truths and theologies. There's nowhere in the Bible, the Bible speaks nowhere about worshiping Mary. So why? There's nowhere in the Bible that it says that, that she was that, you know, she was a virgin when she had, but it, it talks about that she had other kids down the road. She wasn't to be lifted up on the pedestal, but she was supposed to be learned from. There's truth there that we can learn about what, but why? So here's the question. Why did God choose Mary? And it, it comes down to this. I think God chose Mary because Mary was usable. Because Mary wanted to be used by God. It wasn't because she was smart. Because she was young, she was somewhere between the ages of 13 and 15, and we know that they're not smart. <laughs> Somebody say amen to that really loud. When you were 13 to 14, 15 years old, you thought you were smart? Not so smart. Hey, she wasn't rich, she wasn't wealthy, so it wasn't because of, you know, she was some great lineage and there was some kind of, you know, some kind of benefit to, to, to choosing somebody from that lineage, though she came from the lineage of David. It wasn't because she was educated. It wasn't because she had money. It wasn't because she was good looking. It wasn't because any of those things. It was because she desired to be used by God. And what would happen in our lives if we, and some of you are saying right now, I can never be used by God. Pastor Bobby, you don't know my past. You know something? I don't care about your past. 
God's still in the business of taking mess-ups and people that have screwed up, and he's turning them into masterpieces constantly. All through the Bible, from the book of Genesis to Revelation, he has taken people just like us and done extraordinary things with one attitude, God, use me. I love the way Isaiah says it, and it's such such a stage. He's standing there, and the angel of the Lord comes down to him, and and the angel of the Lord says, who shall I send? He goes, here I am, send me. What would happen if we in this world, this culture, 2020, we raised our hand and said, God, I don't know where you want me to go. I don't know what you want me to do, but here I am, send me. Because that's exactly what Mary said. Mary's just not a figurine in a, in a nativity scene. She's an actual person that changed the world because of her attitude. God chose Mary because he could trust her, because she trusted him. I love the way it's painted, the picture in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee in Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name, who name was Joseph of the house of David, And the virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. I love this. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greetings this may be. And the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. And behold, you will be conceived in the womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Now, I wonder what was her first response, probably similar to ours, right? I think there's the greatest understatement in the Bible. It says she was afraid. No kidding. Gabriel just came down out of heaven, and I imagine he looked a little bit different than the normal people walking around. And here's Gabriel standing in front of her. You're going to be with child and you're going to call him Jesus. And I can imagine fear was like, I can imagine a little bit of pee dripping down. Okay, I know. See, we have this little sterile look at the Bible, don't we? It's not as sterile as everybody thinks it is. It's not this little pretty nativity scene. It was an absolute mess. People had real emotions and dealt with real things when we were going through the Bible times. And I can imagine she was just like us. She was confused. What was happening to me right now? Could you imagine to be 13 and 14 and 15 and have an angel come to and say, you're going to, you know, yeah, we get it. You're a virgin, but you're going to have a child. My, my first question wouldn't be like, oh my, how? It's not even possible. What were some of her fears? I, I believe, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, she had a fear of criticism. Could you imagine what she was going to go through as a young girl having a child in those times? I believe there was a fear of supernatural. Now, I don't know how many people know the storyline of the Bible, but there was a period of time of silence from the book of Malachi all the way through, through Matthew. Nothing happened. And so there was no miracles. There was no crossing of Red Seas. There was no staffs being thrown down, turned into snakes. There was no people being, there was nothing. There was a silent period. So there was this fear of how is this going to happen? I heard of old times about what happened. Is it going to happen like that now? How about this? I think there was just a fear of the fact of inadequacy. I don't know about anybody else in this room, but there's lots of times in my life where God tells me to do something. I go, I can't do it. There's no way in, in who I am. I feel a lot like Moses sometimes. I don't know if you remember the story of Moses. God tells Moses to take the people out. And he goes, I can't even talk. I I talk with a stutter. I stutter. So how am I going to tell this eloquent king that that God's taking all his kids out? 
So this inadequacy that she had a fear of, what, what other fears could she call? Maybe, maybe there's the fear of change. Like, I don't know, anybody else in this room have a fear of change? Like, that's what scared most of us in 2020. What's going to change next? Are they going to make a stain? I mean, I can't believe, like, it's every time there's a major paradigm shift in this whole last year, it's like, I, you can almost sense it in people. There's this tension because, like, what are you going to tell us now? Imagine what she was going through. It made me think of this. If God used her, what type of person does God use then? What are the characteristics? What are the personality traits? What are the things? What's the attitude I need to have? Because I would like to be used, maybe not in the same you know, magnitude of Mary, but I want to be used by God. And I think one of the first things we've got to understand, we've got to get God uses people that desire to do his will. I say this a lot. I say this though, and I look at it at this church all the time, but you know something? Every person in this room has a God-given gift. Every person. You are God's workmanship. You're created to do good works in Christ. Everybody in this room. You, you may not be called to do what I do, but I'm not called to do what you do. You know what the problem is? I think a lot of us can miss God's design plan, his divine plan for our lives because we don't desire that above everything else. If we're going to be used by God, we have, to de- we have to desire his will for our lives more than anything else, more than our friends, more than our family, more than our jobs, more than our houses. We have to desire, and that's exactly what Mary did. Mary desired God more than anything else. Now, can you imagine this conversation? The angel comes to Mary. She's 13 or 14 or 15 years old. She has ADD. We know it. She's a girl. And again, Gabriel's go right here. I'm going to bring the Messiah to the world. Right here. I'm bringing the Messiah to the world. I'm using it. She's going, Mary, pay attention to me. I'm going to bring the Messiah to the world through you. Through you. God desires to meet with his people, and he hasn't met with his people in thousands of years. Outside of the book of Exodus, when he would come down one time a year in the tabernacle of Moses, he said, but I want a fellowship with my creation every day. And this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to send through you a son. Oh, man. Could you imagine the tension? Could you imagine what was going on in her life? Could you imagine? She could have said no, but Mary didn't. Watch what's said in Luke chapter 1, verse 46. And Mary said, my soul, wow, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked at the humble estate of a servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. She's saying, I embrace this. I'm not repelled. It's not bothering me. You know, if that would have been happened, if that would have happened with one of us, I can imagine some of the excuses. Mary didn't say what I would have said, find somebody else. How many people would have said that? Just nope, find somebody else. If I was Mary, maybe some of us, it's really not a good time. I have this career I'm working on right now. I mean, I spent thousands of dollars in college, and I'm working on this career, and I, I really can't do exactly what you want me to do because that's where but I, I got my plans. I got my plans, my ambitions, my dreams, and these don't fit into my ambition. My, this, this is not going to happen. This, this really isn't convenient for me at this time. 
Hey, could you imagine some of us in the world be thinking because we live in a consumer, like this doesn't fit in my master plan. It's not what's best for me right now. Could you imagine if Mary said any of those things? What would the response have been? How would that look? Because I would promise you that many of us in this room would have some of those responses if Gabriel came to us and told us this great thing was gonna happen. He was gonna use us in this great way. But God still uses, God wants to use people who wanna be used. And not only did God use her, she had enthusiasm about it. My soul rejoices. You know, it's funny, nothing good in life happens without enthusiasm. You don't go into any project, you don't go into any business meeting, you don't go into any relationship. If you don't have enthusiasm, it's not gonna work. And you know why? This is what I believe. The root word of enthusiasm is theos, which actually means in God. So it's in God I have my excitement. It's in doing God's will I have my excitement. It's in finding my, my, my purpose. It's finding my significance in this world. That's where I get my enthusiasm from. If you're not excited about what you're doing, you're probably not doing what God wants you to do. I, I, I love what I do. And there's been a couple times in the last year that I've said, you want somebody else to do it, you can do it. But you know, I've been told every time I've shared that with somebody, you will be miserable. You know why? Because it's in this I find my enthusiasm. In theos, in doing God's will for my life, do I find my excitement. The other thing is humility. Now I can imagine, because I know nobody in this service, they're, they're in the 1230 service. And there are a couple of them in the nine o'clock, just to be honest with you. Nobody in this room would ever said this, but could you imagine there was some of them, you know, if God came down and, and said, hey, Patrick, I want to use you to have a child. No, let's not go that one. Yeah, let's not go there. I want to use you. Could you imagine? About time. About time. <laughs> You're getting a rock star when you get me. Like you, you don't know how good you have it when you, you picked the best. Some of us are so arrogant that that's why God doesn't use you. I used to share this all the time. I don't share it very much anymore. One of the things I've learned about bright lights, about being on the stage up here, is bright lights, not only the, we say it around here, attract strange bugs. Look at you. <laughs> but bright lights expose lots of flaws too. And a lot of times when I'm watching video, because I watch the video every week, I try to get better every week, and I realize the flaws sometimes. Now, sometimes it's a flaw in character, but I'm noticing I'm starting to get some facial flaws. I don't want to call them wrinkles. They're wisdom marks. But you know something? That's the same thing in real life. You walk into something that God wants you to do arrogant, that bright light right there, those, those bright lights of God's ministry, they'll expose flaws that fast. Mary went in with humility. She said, God, whatever you want me to do, whatever that looks like, God, if you want me to change baby diapers, I'll change baby diapers. If you want me to have a child, doesn't make any sense to me, I'll do whatever you want me to do, whatever 
And I love the way Mary responded in Luke chapter two, verse 19. It's one of my favorite passages when we're talking about this. She could have very easily dismissed, she could have just said, you know something, I'm not gonna do it. But this is what she said. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. That means she thought about them. That means she prayed about them. That she prayed over them. That she was seeking God's will every time. God, what is it that you want me to do? She pondered in her heart. I wonder how many people in the world that we live in have been called by God. There was that moment, that defining moment, and they never pondered in their heart anymore. They just walked away from it. How about this? Here's another thing. God uses people who are willing to sacrifice. I I think that's a lost art in the world we live in. So many people have already said, man, I'm looking forward to 2021. 2021, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And I've asked several of them the same question. So you're going to do all those things. What are you going to have to give up to do those things? Because if you want something different, you got to do something different. You can't keep walking the same way. You can't walk that direction right there, and you want something way over here. You have to have a change. If you want a better marriage, guess what? And your marriage sucks right now, you got to start doing some things different, don't you? If your kids are running all over the place and you want to have godly kids, you know, don't make major mistakes like you did when you were 17 or 18, You're going to have to make some changes. If you want your finances to be different, you have to make some changes. If you want to do what God wants you to do, you have to make some changes. You have to be willing to sacrifice. Mary decided that her desire for God was more than what she was going to have to sacrifice. Verse 38, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Like, I'm going, where are you going you just dropped this bombshell on me and you left. But you know what is really important that passage? Can you put that passage back up for a second? Because there's a, there's a line in it. It says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Certain versions of the Bible actually say whatever. Whatever. Not, not just I'm the servant, I'll do, you know, according to your will. Like, I, that sounds so good. According to your word, I'll do whatever. The word whatever, and it's not the way our teenagers used to say whatever to us, like whatever. Like, like I want you to change it, like whatever. Like, it's not that whatever, it's whatever. Whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do. I'm willing to sacrifice whatever it takes. If it takes me losing some friends, if it takes people, you know, my reputation, if it takes some, some discomfort, whatever it is, I'm willing to do it. The question is, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to do? What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to sacrifice? Because I'm going to tell you, because there's a cost. There's a cost to sacrifice. There's a cost to doing God's will. Anything good. So I'll share this in a minute because it's really good. First thing that she had to do, it cost her her reputation. Hey, how are you responding? Dad, I just had a meeting with an angel. You want me to stop there? You want me to keep going? I just had a meeting with an angel. And the angel told me I was going to be pregnant. And he was going to be the baby's deity. Where are we taking her? We're taking her to a hospital, aren't we? Not to have this, but to check this out. It cost her her reputation. You imagine when her friend, you imagine when she got her cheerleading team together? 
she's hanging out, you know, at Nazareth High School, and she's kind of getting all her team together, and she's going, hey, I got a little secret to tell y'all. I'm pregnant. The Holy Spirit's conceived in me, and guess what? We're going to call him Jesus. Yeah, whatever. Right? Could you imagine? Hey, now, I'm a man. I'm a man. Could you imagine if your to-be-married woman comes up to you as the soon-to-be-married-to man, and she tells you that she's pregnant? How are you responding? This is Jerry Springer stuff. Like, I've seen this on TV before. Her reputation is blown. There is no way. And think about this. You want a big truth? She has Jesus. Like, you want to talk about the big... How do you raise Jesus? He's popping up out of the water every time he tries to get a bath. You're pushing him back in. It's tough. That joker's walking on bathtub water. Jesus, you got to wipe that butt. It's, it's nasty, right? You know, how do you, how do you spank Jesus? Not only that, watch this. This is really, this is awesome. Like, like I made myself kind of get saved today. A year into this thing, and Jesus hasn't shown himself yet. He hasn't, he hasn't done a miracle yet. He hasn't walked on water yet. He hasn't healed a blind person yet. There's nobody paralyzed walking a year into it. I bet you people are going, mm-hmm, pregnant, Holy Spirit, whatever. How about five years into it? Five years and this little baby hasn't done anything. Like, like there's been no miracles at all. How about 10 years? How about 15 years? How long? How long would you kind of believe this story of this, this, this Holy Spirit baby? She believed it for 30 years. That's when Jesus did his first miracle. 30 years later, her reputation was shot. But she stayed the course. Because desiring God's will was more important than her reputation. How about this? How about comfort? Now, my wife's not here today. And Tamika better not tell on me. But I know what women are like when they're pregnant. Hmm, hold on. I could barely get my wife with twins in the car. Ho, 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 ho. Could you imagine being on a donkey? Hits a rock. You want to talk about uncomfortable. How how about this? How about you go on that long journey? Joseph says, come on, baby, I'm going to take care of you. Come on. I'll put a cushion underneath that donkey. Come on. We're staying. We're staying in. We're staying in the Hilton that turned into Motel 6. And now you're going to have to have this baby in a feeding trough. How you doing with that one, Tamika? Mm-mm. Could you imagine the discomfort? And you know what's funny? 
We won't even put a journey sticker on our car or wear a WWJD because the discomfort of somebody going, are you a believer? We won't even call out something that's wrong anymore. You want to talk about discomfort? Think about what she went through. Are we willing to do what God's called us to do? What am I willing to give up? You know what? To do what God wants you to do, sometimes you have to give up some people. There may be some people in your life right now that are dragging you down a path that God doesn't want you to go. You may have to give them up. There may be some actions or habits that God's saying, you know something? I have this great plan for you, but not with that habit. That habit, you, you gotta drop that habit. You may need to start going to CR a little bit and go, you know something? I've got some hurts and habits and some, you know, some, some problems and I need to get some help and I need somebody to go through this problem with me. Can I get some help with this? Because I know God's got a great call in my life and in order for God to do what he wants to do, I've gotta work on some things in my life. Are you willing to do that? We may have to give up some things in order for God to use us. We may have to give up our reputation and our comfort. Here's the third thing. God uses people who have the courage to trust in his promise. You know what? It takes a lot of courage to follow God. It's not, I'm going to go on record. I'll say it. You guys won't say it. I'll say it. If I knew 30 years ago what I know now, I'm not sure I would have done it. It's been a tough ride. I've lost friends. I've lost people in my life. I've lost, I've lost time. Now, I say all that and say, you know something? I have no regrets. But if you would have told me day one, if, it would have been in the, if I could have read the fine print and said, this is what the Christian life, this is what it means to follow, this is the courage you're going to have, I don't know that I could handle that back then. I had one of the greatest lessons. We were pastoring, I was pastoring about 280 people coming to Journey. And I get a phone call from the pastor of the, the, that had this church. His name was Mike. And Mike calls me. As a matter of fact, his daughter comes to our church. She's in first service. And Mike Jocelyn's his name. And Mike calls me and said, hey, Bobby, um, our church is kind of dwindling down. And we feel like God's leading us to, and you, guys, you guys need our building and whatever. And I said, well, great. I thought they were going to give it to us. So I'm like, yay, give it to us. And I come over. And I was at every meeting. I was there early because I thought they were giving us this building. We get kind of finally, kind of toward the end, and they said, okay, this is what it's going to cost. And he told me the cost. And I, I was sick to my stomach when he told me how much it was going to cost. Some of you are a part of this. They told us it was going to be $3.6 million for this property. Like, we, we had a little bit of money saved up. We had 280 people, probably out of 280 people, maybe 100 of them were tithing. We were not making that kind of money. And I remember what God told me, because I'm telling you, it started months before. I'm not trying to over-spiritualize this or make you guys think that your pastor's some great giant, but God spoke to me months before we bought this place. And he told me to ride around. You wanna know how I found this place? I was riding up the road. I lived on, in Bridalwood over on um, Fierce Ferry. And God told me one night, I left the house, God told me one night, you ride until you find a volleyball court. And I rode all the way through Grovetown, all the way up through Harlem, all the way down Columbia Road, and I cut across William Few Parkway, and I had not, I was ready to go home, and I had not found a volleyball court. I had no idea. I'm not a volleyball player. I don't know why a volleyball court. I'm riding up here, and I get just past the building, and right now where the, the bus is and, and all the stuff is back here, there, there was a bright light back there. And I was like, oh, that looks like 
a basketball court. Maybe he meant basketball court because God sometimes makes mistakes. He doesn't know his sports real well. Right? So, so I, I, I drive back and there's a volleyball court right there. And I pulled to the volleyball court and God speaks to me in the most just amazing voice I've ever heard in my life. And he says, every inch of ground that you, your feet will walk on, that's your ground. So if you want this to be yours, I want you to start walking around this place. So I came over to this place months in advance and I was walking around this place. I brought a couple of staff members. We were staring through that window right there that didn't have drapes. We were staring through that. And I said, just imagine one day when this place is ours. And everybody was like, oh, you're out of your mind. I remember taking the scripture in Joshua, every inch of ground, and I would walk around this place. It takes courage when you're, you either got to be tough. If you're going to be stupid, you either got to be tough or you better be hearing from God. And I was hearing from God. We had the same exact thing. Um, Caleb shared it a couple months ago about Sherwood. They told us no twice. And God keeps saying, yes, who am I going to listen to? I am more afraid. Let me let you in on a secret about your pastor. I am more afraid of God than I am of you. And if God's saying yes and you're saying no, I'm going to listen to him. That's why we don't vote around this place. Two times in the Bible they were going to vote. One time they would have been back in Egypt if they voted yes. We ain't going back to Egypt. Somebody say amen to that. God uses people to have courage. Listen to what it says. And Mary said to the angel, how will it be? I'm a virgin. And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, who is old in her age, who is also conceived. And this is the the sixth month um, with her who is called to be barren. Verse 37, for nothing, I love this, for nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, no, she didn't go, no, count me out. I'm, I'm done. No, she said this, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your will. And let the angel, and, the, and then it says the angel departed. You know what she did? And it's something, we sang that song up for, I love the first three songs or two songs, the, the last two songs we sang. But my favorite song was that first one. And it was talking about turning our, our praise, uh, and um, turn our problems into praise. And you know what happens so many times in our lives? We, we, we worry about things and, and, and we, 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 we fret over things. And, and God's telling us to do something diff, different. He's taking, he, turn your worry into worship. T- turn your problems into praise and t- turn your problems into prayer. And so many times in our lives, it's really not courage because courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is going through things in spite of the fear, it's even when you're afraid, continue to walk forward. That, that's what Mary did. When, when, I think about, when I think about Mary and the impact that she's had, it's because she said yes. And I wonder how many in this room are willing to just say yes. I mean, that's what Rudolph did. Foggy night, Santa Claus is looking around who he can use. Looks at some of you going, he just equated Mary with Rudolph. No, I'm just saying there's a truth there that we can learn from. 
and God's just waiting for somebody to say, yes, right here. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know who's going to make fun of me. I don't know how crazy it's going to be. But I'm willing to say yes. For some in this room today, it's saying yes for the first time. It's saying yes to Jesus. It's accepting that that little baby grew up about 33 years later, died on a cross, and went into a cave. On the third day, he rose from the grave. It's accepting that. That takes a lot of courage, by the way. For some of us, it's just saying, you know something, God, I know you've been speaking to me for a long time, and I've never crossed that line. I've, never, I've not done what you, you called me to do something, and I haven't done it, and today, I'm going to have courage. For, for, for a couple people today, it's the courage to get baptized. The next step, man, that, that takes a lot of courage right there to get in front of people, a lot of people. Maybe even today, some of you are going to have to have some courage because you're here and God's telling you right now that you were supposed to be baptized today. You need to take your next step. And you're like, I didn't come prepared. But I don't, we got t-shirts, don't we? We, can, we can. Don't allow circumstances to dictate what God's doing in your life. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for us. And then, and then we're going to have the, I think there's, at this point, there's a couple that are being baptized that we're so excited about people taking next steps around here. And we're going to make it a time of worship, and I'll explain that in a second. But I want you to do me a favor. I want you to bow your heads for a second. And I want you to pray with me. I don't know what category you fall, you fall in, where you need to say yes. Maybe today you need to say yes just to Jesus. And if you're here right now and you need to say yes to Jesus, I want you to just have that conversation with him right now, just you. Jesus, I'm saying yes to you right now. Here's the deal. You can't, you can't, you can't call him Lord and say no. There's no way you can do it. The only, the, the proper response is yes, whatever you want me to do, God. And so many of us are saying yes. Many people in this room right now are saying yes for maybe the first time. Maybe online you're saying yes. Maybe in the atrium, which I heard is packed. Maybe you're over there. Maybe in Sherwood right now. You're saying yes to Jesus. And for others, it's saying yes to the next step. Whatever that looks at. It's finding a ministry area. It's serving. It's being a better spouse. Whatever it looks like for you. What are you, you going to say yes to? What, what is God telling you to say yes to? And then just say, you know something, God? I'm going to have the courage to do the things that you've called me to be. I want to be the man or the woman that you've called me to be. And I'm going to have the courage to do those things. So today I'm going to step out. I'm going to do those things in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.